All right, let's go hour number two on a Thursday. Welcome to June. We hope you are having a good start to the month. Tonight is the start of the NBA Finals. Miami and Denver, the altitude is real. Denver has not lost at home since late March. They've won all eight games at home in the playoffs. But as one of our listeners texted earlier, hey, Miami has won a game on the road in every series here, and they've been taking out some big dogs. They're trying to take out the one seed in the East on the way and the one seed in the West in the finals. Game one is tonight on ABC. Uh, One quick note, if you are a Longhorn softball fan, I don't know if this is good or bad news, but the team that knocked you out, Tennessee, is putting it on Alabama right now, 10-4. to They're in the bottom of the fifth. All eight of those teams will be in action in Oklahoma City today if you want to check out your ESPN family of networks. And, of course, Texas baseball is getting ready for the regional tomorrow in Miami against Louisiana. And to get into that, maybe some football, maybe some basketball, and who knows what else because, you know, it's this guy. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. He is Jeff Ketchum of orangebloods.com at Catch. On Twitter, if you need a good follow, Mr. Ketchum, how are you? I'm good, good, sir. How are you? Man, I'm doing well. Thank you for reorganizing things this week. Normally, we talk to Ketch on Fridays at 2, but if everything goes well, tomorrow at 2, it's going to be Texas baseball on uh, and not us. So we appreciate you adjusting. Uh, what do you think of uh, – you watched uh, plenty of Texas baseball and followed plenty of teams. This is a weird feel I'm trying to figure this team out and what the expectation level is and all of that. What do you make of this team that's uh, that's headed to Coral Gables for tomorrow? <laughs> I think it's in trouble. <laughs> uh, I, I think that, you know, it's funny. I think that they could very well win the first two games in this regional. And then I don't know where they come up with the pitching that gets them through uh, getting a third win, right? I mean... So, so here's the perfect scenario. You win tomorrow. Let's say maybe even you get six relatively non-stressful innings on your starter. So, you know, maybe you get, you could, you've got maybe two innings out of him somewhere else later in this regional. Maybe you get the exact same thing from your guy on Saturday where it just all comes together and the bats come alive and you don't need him for more than six. I, even in a best-case scenario, I struggle with who's pitching in a game three. And if you needed it to go into a game four, who's, who's, who's handling those, those arms? And I think that the thing that Texas fans will have to come to grips with, there will be a high-leverage, really important situation, probably a number of them over the course of the next few days, and you're just going to have to be prepared for the idea that guys that have struggled in those situations earlier this season are going to be asked to do something different in the postseason. And it may not give you the warm and fuzzies, but that's where we are. I think the loss of Shaw to an injury only compounds. The, 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 just the lack of overall quality and quantity of arms that Texas has doesn't make getting through a regional super easy. I think there's a world out there where Texas gets through this weekend, and then I think they would find a super regional setup much more to their liking because there's a world there where you only need two starting pitching performances 
and, and you're through. I think the problem here is that you're almost certainly going to have to play a third game, and then who knows, maybe a fourth game, and it gets to be kind of iffy. I think everybody that's followed this team all season long knows that if Gordon's not on the mound or LBJ's not on the mound, who's next has been a question that they've been asking all season, and it isn't always met with a great answer. So, Catch, if you were David Pierce, like you said, going to that third and fourth game, it could get a little shaky there. And we saw what happened in Arlington with Kansas and Kansas State. How would you go about this pitching rotation? I mean, I I think I would – I think through the first two games, it just comes down to matchups. Who who does better against the lefty? Who does better against the righty? In what order you use them – I think comes down to because you know what Miami's going to be able to do. They're going to be able to save their number one guy for game number two. It's so it's much more difficult for Louisiana and Texas to take that chance because you can find yourself in the losers bracket and really in trouble uh, at that point if you're not careful. So you know what Miami's going to do. That's that's the luxury that comes with being a one seed. I think. I think if you're Texas, you probably just go with what brought you. So you know you've got your top two guys. And I think you're makeshifting it and in, in, in starting in a game three situation. And you hope that you're doing that game three situation from a place of leverage where maybe Miami goes into a game two if Texas is – look, if Texas loses in the first game, they're not getting out of this regional. There's, there's barely enough arms – to get through the regional, in theory, if things go well, uh, if Texas ends up upside down and needing to win three straight and having to, you know, <laughs> it, it just gets tricky from that, that standpoint. I think that the bottom line is is that this team is going to need guys that didn't always come through during the regular season to come through in a big, big way. Um, they're here because there's talent. But it hasn't always been talent that has, you know, succeeded when put into stressful situations. And this is where we are. This is who this team is now. And so there are going to have to be some guys that step up that I don't think you can automatically expect them to do so. But there's got to be some unsung heroes in this thing, or Texas just isn't going to get through this. Now, it'll go a hell of a long way if the bats wake up and – give this pitching staff some, some room to breathe in. Um, but it's easier said than done in an NCAA tournament format. You know, you're going to get Louisiana's best pitcher. If you advance there, you're going to get Miami. You're going to get their best pitcher. You know that when you get into the bullpen situations, everything gets tightened, and you're going to get the other team's best guys. This team can really rake, though. I mean – They've got guys that can get hot and carry a team through a regional. That's the recipe. Because Texas will have good enough starting pitching if the bats are alive to get through certainly the first two games of this regional. Um, It's only when the depth is really called on that you're not quite sure what the recipe is 
for success other than go out and score a bunch of runs and first one to 15 wins. That's it. Uh, see if you can get a little bit of that gorilla ball going from the 90s maybe. Uh, Texas and Louisiana, 1 o'clock tomorrow, the scheduled start time. Hopefully that Miami weather stays out of the way. 12.45 pregame. We'll have it for you here on the horn. Um, catch up about a little basketball talk here. More good news for Texas with this Dylan Mitchell um, the decision to come back. We always talk about realistic expectations with Longhorn teams. So now that you know that, knowing what else is going to be there, you got a realistic expectation for me and Longhorn fans listening for next season? Yeah, I think Texas has the makings of having a pretty good team. Um Beyond that, no. But I think that pretty a pretty good team, a good team, a, potentially a very good team. Like I think that um, I once got in trouble for saying that Shaka was a damn good coach. So you got you have to be careful with because to me, damn good is better than good, but it's not better than great. Yeah. But there's some people who think that damn good is like five times. Better than great, which is strange because if I felt like something was great, I would just say they were great instead of putting the word good in there. So, like, I want to be careful and while I hover over very good to pretty good. Like, you know, this looks like a team that is, should be in the upper echelon of the Big 12. Um, you know, that, how that translates into the postseason, whether or not it's a Sweet 16 or an Elite Eli, elite eight type of team that's that's hard to guess and project sometimes because oftentimes it just comes down to the draw in the tournament and you know who's healthy and who's not healthy but i think this is a very capable team on paper uh and that's a lot better than like a month ago when people were wondering would there just be a team on paper so you know i think that this was a big one for me the other part of this I think Dylan Mitchell's lack of evolution this year hurt Texas with Ron Holland. Because if you're Ron Holland and you're just looking at what Texas did well a year ago and what they didn't do well, one of the only things that I would say falls into the category of they didn't do this very well was they had this this talent fall into their lap that was expected to be kind of a one-and-done guy and off to the NBA. That's who Dylan Mitchell was supposed to be. It didn't go that way for him. And, and over the course of the season, he was somewhat, I don't want to say rendered useless, but there were times when he was just a, a piece of the pie instead of the pie. And if you're Ron Holland and you looked at what happened to Dylan Mitchell, you would say, well, that's not how I want my... I think it did have an impact on Ron Holland to a certain extent, getting Dylan Mitchell back for a second year, I think allows Ron, I think it, it allows Coach Terry and the staff to have an opportunity to put the whistles and bells on Dylan Mitchell's development into an NBA level prospect. Uh, and I think getting him back for a second year gives them a chance on one of the few things that last year on the floor didn't quite work out the way I think everybody, you know, Dylan Mitchell wouldn't have come to Texas 
if the thought process was, well, you'll be worse next year than you were this year. Um, that was kind of the way some people felt when the season was over, that he hadn't done enough to help himself out at all. Um, quite frankly, I'm kind of surprised he's back at Texas, given some of the circumstances, but I think that it's great for the staff and great for the he's, – he's an incredible talent. So having that guy back, especially if he puts his fingers on the light switch and starts to flick that thing on, he's got a guy that he's a, he's got the talent to be a difference maker uh, when he wasn't that a year ago. But maybe in year two you get to see a more evolved Dylan Mitchell, which makes, I think, a better Texas basketball team. Yeah, Catch, I definitely agree with you. Obviously, Dylan Mitchell's you know, relationship with Rodney Terry is big, and I probably played a big part of him coming back. But let's go to the football field. Steve Sarkeesian hired a few analysts, and Paul Chris, the old Wisconsin coach, Jody Camillus, and Payam Sadat. What do you think these hires mean for the University of Texas football team? I think worst case, the team is improved. The program is improved. You don't add three quality football minds like the three of those gentlemen and not get some positivity out of it. I think it's kind of fascinating to think that Steve Sarkeesian had Gary Patterson a year ago, and he comes out of that thinking, I need one of those on each side of the ball. So whatever Gary Patterson did a year ago, uh, he did it well enough to make Sarkeesian, I think, think, I need more of that. That everywhere helps. Uh, I don't know if this means that it's suddenly they. If you thought they were nine and three, now they're ten and two. I don't know how to quantify what their presence adds to this team, but I will say this: more so than the Paul Chris hire, more than the Sadat hire, uh, the Joe D. Camillo's hire is really interesting to me because I've long been an advocate that. One of your assistant coaches should be a full-time special teams coach. And they've been going with Jeff Banks as the primary guy, and he's been handling the tight, end, uh, tight ends as well. And then prior to that, you know, we've seen all kinds of Mickey Mouse special teams operations <laughs> where one guy's the punt block guy and the other guy's the punt return guy and one guy is the kickoff guy. And, like, uh, to steal a word from my guy out Dunlap, it feels all very cockamamie when you, you, you just, it, it just makes it sound like it's not that important where you don't have a real expert. You just have someone handling the burden. D. Camillus comes in having coached two different teams uh, to the Super Bowl with his special teams. He, he won a ring with the Rams most recently. He won uh, a ring with Peyton Manning's final year in Denver. This is a guy that this is a football coach's coach who's expert of uh, expertise is special teams. And I think that hire has a chance to very low key and sneaky be phenomenal. He's the kind of guy that Texas should have as its special teams coach in a world where you have a full time special teams coach. You can go out and get someone like that. And I think, it elevates what you have. I'm not saying that Jeff Banks is a poor special teams coach. Far from that. I'm just saying that in an ideal world, you've got somebody who's as capable as DeCamillus is, and, and, you, and you kind of allow him to do his thing. Uh, I, I, 
I'm kind of excited to see if you give him more responsibilities, certainly in the world of advanced scouting, looking ahead to the first four or five games on the schedule, what their strengths and weaknesses are, that Texas could get much better on special teams um, is kind of exciting because I think we often think of offense, we think of defense. Um, we, don't, we don't often bake into our predictions they're going to be hell on wheels on special teams, and here's why. Um, I think there's some question marks about Texas on special teams from a personnel standpoint, but um, you could make a case that nobody in the Big 12 will have a better group of coaches prepping their special teams than Texas will with Jeff Banks in charge officially, but Joe D. Camillus in the background um, – I think that, you know, I, I want to see what that looks like because it feels like a ace up the sleeve that Texas hasn't had before, certainly uh, in the special team cycle. You know, I, I think back to when Dick Tomey took over, right, a guy that's way overqualified to be in the role that he's in. But if you're going to have a guy like that for just, say, a year or so, get as much out of it as possible. So while I cannot quantify what, it means from a one-loss standpoint to have added these three men. Um, I, I'm, I'm Mr. Negativity and Mr. Like usually, uh, you know, Mr. Pessimistic. Uh, that's not me on this one. I think this has a chance to be a, a trio of sneaky good hires, especially on the special team side of things. Yeah, I love the point, Catch. A lot of people are focused on Chris for obvious reasons, but that is interesting on DeCamillas because he can be breaking down you know, Bama special teams tape right now and telling Banks what he thinks. So that is an interesting perspective. Speaking of Camillas, who obviously has a Cowboys connection, quick Cowboys fan question for you. If the Cowboys could, you know, if they end up with the money, they're about to clear some space. And if Hopkins is willing to play for, say, $15 million this year, do you want him? I wouldn't give that dude that much money. Okay. You give him 10? I, 10, 12? <sighs> I mean, it's not, it's not my money. It's not I, my money. I know. That's why I'm asking. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it changes. The Cowboys aren't going to the Super Bowl based on whether or not they have the nuke or not. Yeah. Um, I think he makes them a better team, but like, what does that mean? Does that mean they get better than the divisional round of the playoffs? I don't. I don't know that I think that. But I think that you know more times than not, he makes the team more fun during the regular season. But I don't know that that's the move that puts the Cowboys over the top. It, it, it could help, yeah. but what does it help us to get through the division round? I don't know. Okay. Are we better than the Eagles because of that? I, I, now, Mr. Now you've made Mr. Negativity come out. We were doing so well. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my fault. That's all on me. That's not on catch. That's my fault. Cowboys are, uh, according to some numbers, tomorrow they're going to clear like 10.9 million in cap space because of some June 1st rule. So uh, we'll see what they do with that. That's Jeff Ketchum, OrangeBloods.com at GKCatch on Twitter. Catch, we appreciate you re- uh, redoing the schedule this week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the start of the uh, base baseball tournament and we'll talk to you next week and see if the Longhorns are still in it hey here's to talking some super regional here's to Texas going to College Station next weekend <laughs> oh, yeah, for some right. super regional action 
Hey, let me tell That's you. That's what I'm here for. Let me tell you what, brother. If these Aggies get out of that California trap and get to host a Super Regional, that's going to be a story. <laughs> I would love to see it. <laughs> I just feel like I can see this thing coming a mile away. We're going to get Aggies and Longhorns baseball next weekend. I can feel it in my bones. Ooh, wow. get, your, get your bubble makers all oiled up. Get ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Catch. Thanks, Catch. Later, fellas. Oh, my God. Yes, that would be the matchup, in case everybody didn't realize that would technically be the matchup. If A&M got out of there, they would – I think that is right. A&M would be slightly like, higher ranked, higher rated than Texas in the, the big list, and I think that would get them the host, I think. Yeah, it ain't happening. No. Oh, no. I don't, I don't think it is, but we will see. Both those teams are going to have a tough time getting out of where they are. So yep. we're, yep. we're going to need to see a little momentum before we start thinking about that. To catch talking about Newt going to Dallas and I'm thinking if they get that much better, look at what the Eagles did when they got an A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. That team went from getting beaten the first round of the playoffs to going to the Super Bowl well, like that. And if you are one of those people that believes that the Cowboys are, what does Steven like to say, one click away. One click away, Steve. DeAndre Hopkins is still a heck of a click, ladies and gentlemen. Have y'all watched him run routes and catch footballs? It's breathtaking. That guy is still, to me, still among the best. Yo, y'all absolutely. Been, you realize who's been throwing him the ball these last few years, right? You do Kyler? realize that. It's different. It's a little different. Kyler Murray's not exactly the most accurate quarterback that ever lived. Fair? Yeah. yeah. Hear about this. This could anger a lot of fans. If he ends up in Dallas, where would Dak Prescott rank on the quarterbacks that have thrown balls to DeAndre Hopkins? Think about the list of uh, he's had to deal with. Yeah. Would Dak go to number one instantly? Probably Deshaun Watson. But you're right. He was with Watson. My bad. Not not for long. Watson then Dak. Then Dak is yeah. Dak two on the list. Did he play with Schaub? Yeah, he did. Schaub had a couple of Pro Bowls, Pro Bowl seasons. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other discussion. Let's not do that. Let's not. Let's not get a discussion started that involves Dak Prescott and Matt Schaub. That that really would get crazy. All right. Thanks to Catch for his time. Up next, let's get the flex segment to you because it was an awesome flex moment. Two flex stars meeting back up in the big time. We'll tell you about that story. Plus, update you on the baseball playoffs. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. Well, I must have done something right. Zay's pulling out the Iron Maiden on a Thursday? Come on now. It's a good jam, man. This, this is a really good jam. So this would be, let me see if I get it right. This is Quest for Fire. Do I have that right? Or is this the song or the album? Now the album would be, this is Peace of Mind. Yeah. Or is it, so, okay. Um, um, Oh, no. I can't think of it. What's Come it called? Come on, man. It's supposed to be your favorite group. No, I love May. Hold on, hang on. This is... Um, well, this and Tom Petty. I do love Tom Petty. Tom Petty rock bands. One of my favorite metal bands. You got to have it all. You have all your categories. Um, um, Rev. 
Oh, Revelations. There it Thank is. Thank you. You helped yeah. me. I couldn't think of this. I love it. Mm. It's a great song. Great album. This is one of the best albums they have. If I ever try to figure out an Iron Maiden album for you to listen to, Peace of Mind is on the list, especially because you get Eddie in the straight jacket all chained up on the cover. <laughs> I mean, it's just so great. So good. All right, Iron Maiden, the Eagles, and Tom Robinson Band on the list today. That'd be a hell of a music festival. We hope you're having a good Thursday. NBA Finals tonight. Let us know what you think. Zay and I are both leaning towards Denver in five. Any change in your prediction today? Nope. And me either. I don't want to go as far as to say sweep. I'm going to say Miami figures out a game somewhere along the way. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they stretch this thing. We'll see. I don't. Do you know who you're ultimately rooting for in the series? Nope. I just want good basketball. Yeah, I don't either. I'm going to need to see them both play. I like them both. I like both coaches. I like the stories that they've been, you know, these guys. I mean, between Joker and Murray on one side, and then hopefully Jimmy Butler and Adebayo. We'll see if Adebayo wants to show up consistently, because if he doesn't, they're really going to get beat on. Uh, If all four of those guys show up and play well, I think it's going to be highly entertaining. I just I'm not sure quite which way I'm leaning in terms of the rooting. I think Denver's better though. Yeah, we've been talking about what it's going to look like from the Miami Heat with Bam Adebayo trying to stop Nikola Jokic, but we haven't talked about how it's going to look from Nikola Jokic trying to stop Bam Adebayo because at times Al Horford struggled and at times Al Horford got the best of Bam Adebayo forcing him to take some ill-advised shots and shots that he's not used to taking. Bam Adebayo when he's hitting that, you know, short area jumper around the elbow 15 feet, 13 feet, it makes the Miami Heat even that much tougher to guard. But since they play so similar, Bam Adebayo, he does a lot of that dribble handoff stuff where guys can cut back door. And when you overplay shooters like Struess and Duncan Robinson, it can make you very vulnerable of getting beat back door because you're playing the three so tight. Mm-hmm. So how will the Denver Nuggets play those guys? I know Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown will be on Jimmy Butler for the whole series with I think that's going to be the toughest defenders that he's had to face throughout the playoffs. So it'll be interesting how he tries to go about those matchups because Aaron Gordon's a lot bigger than him. With Derek Mm. White and guys like Marcus Smart, he was bigger than those guys, so he could take advantage of them at times. Eric Gordon, not so much. And he has shown that he could be a really good primary defender on your number one guy. I think he can make life really difficult for Jimmy Butler. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see those uh, those matchups. Uh, the the Gordon stuff is going to be really big to watch. Also, if you believe that iron does sharpen iron, I wonder if we're going to get a feeling during this series of, well, wait a second, Miami has beaten the number one seed on the in the eastern side. They beat Boston. Every team Denver has beaten was involved in the play-in games. Good point. Isn't that true? Wasn't everybody at the back end? No, they beat uh, the Suns, the fourth seed. You're right. I'm sorry. Other than the Suns. Right, right, Other right. than the Suns. But they did beat a couple teams that were, you know, in that discussion. Yeah. So, do we do we end up looking at the at that at some point? I don't know. Again, I'm leaning Denver uh cuz I just think of all the freaks in this series, Joker is the special kind of freak that I don't think anybody's got an answer for. If Adebayo matches up with him and contains him and they'll have to do it as a team, I know, but he's going to be the big part of it there's going to be a lot of respect gained for what he can do. You need a lot of luck to win championships and get to this point. When Giannis Antetokounmpo got hurt in that first round, 
that completely changed the series. I think Milwaukee would have beaten them That's true. if he was healthy. Yeah. He wasn't, and the Heat took advantage of that. Injuries are a big part of everything. And like you talked about earlier, let's see how injuries affect this series yeah. to even start with. Talk about Game 7, Jason Tatum. Right. If he was healthy, would we be talking about the Miami Heat right yeah. now? We might be talking about the Boston Celtics. That is fair. We'll see what happens. And then Tyler Hero tonight or Tyler Hero later in the series? It's, they say Game 3. I don't know for sure. I think he'll test out his hand and okay. how he feels, but that's another issue if you're Eric Spolstra. How do you go about that? Because you've gotten to this point without Tyler Hero, even though you'll probably need him just because a lot of guys' legs were sh- maybe shot from this uh, this past series, and we just talked about the you know altitude up there in Denver. You're going to need all the body you could get, but yeah. do you want to mess with that chemistry and the current rotation that you have with all those guys like Robinson, Struess, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin? And Caleb Martin, if he does what he does in the Boston series, in this series, it could be a lot more interesting than we think. God, there's some great X-Factor guys in this series. I know, it's There fun. really are. It's, it's going to be fun. fun to watch. 7.30 tonight on A. BC. Speaking of fun, let's get to the flex segment and that fun video that Lake Travis sports fans have been sending to each other. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, an incredible story here from the flex side of things. We talk about all different versions of the flex stories, trying to get to maybe the next level of college. Then if you're really, really good and you can get to the pro level, that's an incredible story. And um, This is about two different guys that went to Lake Travis High School that both have ended up making the next level and the next level. Well, for one of them, he was so good that didn't even worry about the college side, right? Beatty didn't go to college, did he? No, he didn't. Went straight into the pros. Yeah. So the name Brett Beatty is one you know if you're if you're a baseball fan. Brett Beatty has ended up in the Mets system, and now he is up with the big club with the Mets. Garrett Wilson is a name we know because he was a Lake Travis star, and then he went to Ohio State, and then he ended up getting drafted highly, and now he's the offensive rookie of the year for the Jets. Well, somebody decided, hey, here's an idea. Why don't we have Garrett throw the first pitch to Brett Beatty. They pulled this off, Zay, and I don't think I've ever seen this exact combo happen. Get the picture in your head. Now, I, I retweeted the video earlier if you want to go check it out. Remember, I'm at C. Hastings 1049. Zay is at ain't that underscore Zay. Or if you just know somebody who loves Lake Travis, they've probably already sent it to you. But Garrett Wilson puts on the Beatty jersey, walks out to the mound, and Beatty puts on a Garrett Wilson jersey to go catch the ball. Dude, that was awesome. Say, I'm not a Lake Travis guy, but that is badass. Yeah, I'm not a Lake Travis guy, but I'm an Austin guy. And both of those guys are from Austin, and they're representing out there in New York. And it is true, Chad. I think we talked about this before. If you're a Yankees fan, most likely you're a Giants fan. If you're a Mets fan, most likely you're a Jets fan. Okay, so Mets-Jets go together? Exactly. It's more blue-collar while Yankees and the Giants are more buttoned-up, bow-tie style. A little more more blue blood. Blue blood, Yeah, exactly. So they have that dynamic, and yeah, both of those guys being childhood friends growing up in the Lake Travis area, there's that legendary picture of them two playing in Pop Warner that's been going around for a while, and both of those guys just incredible athletes. I remember Garrett Wilson hooping. 
when he was down here at Lake Travis. So was uh, yeah. Britt Beatty because he played for his pops, Coach Beatty, who just retired That's right. as the basketball coach at Lake Travis. Yeah. So if I'm Britt, he probably told Pops, like, hey, hey Pops, you don't got to really worry about money anymore. I just got called up to the show. We're good. You can retire, and you can just follow me around for the rest of my career. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty good life as a dad, don't you think? That would work. Yeah, that absolutely. Would work. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal moment. I know that's big for Lake Travis people. It's huge for Central Texas people. And both of those guys, look for them to have a great career for the next decade plus. Yeah, man, that's incredible. Uh, you can see that video at Flex ATX on socials. They put it on Instagram as well. ESPN NFL put it out on Instagram. It was such a good story. I yeah. mean, and they're, and they're in New York, too. That's the other thing. You're in a media market that's that big. Uh, both those guys are are getting it done there. So congrats to them. Congrats to the Lake Travis community because uh, that's what it's all about sometimes, man, getting it, getting to feel connected to cool stories like that of, uh, of guys doing well. So that story is out there. Also, plenty of baseball going on uh, on the local level. Well, I say plenty. we got three local teams still in it. Congrats to the Taylor Ducks. They won last quack, night. Quack, quack. They quacked it up last night in Waco. One game one. They are still alive. Need another win to get uh, to the state tournament round. Uh, Westlake is playing tonight at 7 against San Antonio Johnson. Going to see if somebody from that district can finally beat San Antonio Johnson because Bowie couldn't do it and Lake Travis couldn't do it. Make sure you check the Blues pocket so we don't got no Ben Franklins in there. <laughs> Just check. Now, they should do a pat down for every Blue before the Westlake game. Just in case. Just in case there's some very sketchy stuff going on. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. I, yeah. I, I was just wondering which side should get patted down. You talking about the San Antonio Johnson side or the Westlake side? Westlake side. Okay, because San Antonio Johnson's been the one that's rolling through teams in this area. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Okay. Just, just history shows. Making sure. There's a little sketchiness going on there in West Austin. I'm just saying. Also, if anybody's got any info on that Rouse series, I have not seen when that one continues. But best of luck to Rouse as well. Rouse has taken on Bernie Champion, but I have not, uh, not seen exactly when that series starts. Let us know if you uh, if you have that info. Specs text line 337-3776. Our flex segment is every day at 1.30. All right, coming up, we'll get you where we at in society, see what Zay wants to talk about. Then at 2.05, Zay's going to talk to you about Led Zeppelin because he listened to Led Zeppelin 4 for the first time. And I have now seen Above the Rim, so we have got to get into that. Nutso! <laughs> this is the horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chad and Zay. Ah, yes, indeed. That's the metal section of the show today. Not only a little Iron Maiden earlier this hour, but except on a Thursday? Look at you. Every once in a while, pull accept out. You're going, you just went right to it this time. You didn't even go like too deep into it. You just went, no, we're going, we're going balls to the wall. Yeah. 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 Why mess around? It's a great song. It's metal poetry. Oh, yeah. It really is. 
Really is. And nobody sings like Udo. So shout out to Udo Dirk Schneider and Accept. Iron Maiden, Eagles, and Tom Robinson Band have also been on the show. Led Zeppelin talk coming from Zay because he listened to Led Zeppelin 4 for the first time. Can't wait to hear the reaction there. And then I have now seen Above the Rim. And if you'd like to start sending your texts, here's the question of the day. If you have seen, it, it, it's very specific, if you have seen Above the Rim, The Last Boy Scout with Bruce Willis, and Blue Chips, we have now talked about those three movies the last three weeks. I need to know which of them has the most realistic first scene. Because <laughs> all three are way out there. We'll talk about that coming up at 2 o'clock, but I need to get some feedback from the people. Uh, all right, NBA Finals tonight, Game 1. That first softball game is done. Tennessee whips Bama 10-5. to As uh, If you're interested in that World Series, all eight teams will be in action today. And, of course, Texas baseball tomorrow at 1. We'll cut our show a little bit tomorrow. Right now, though, let's see where Zay wants to go. Where are we at in society? Here we go. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, we got another t- uh, Scotty Pippen update. Where are we going? Nah, no Pippen Pippen update no, okay. here with his petty, salty ass. He needs to relax. But, yeah, technology has came a long way, Chad. I sent you this video because it's going around social media. It's mm-hmm. a TikTok video of the LSU football team trying on a new helmet that has air-conditioned fans in it. What? Yes. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Fans in a helmet to keep them cool when you have hot September days like the Texas Longhorns have for the first few games going to Tuscaloosa and others. And you, you need something like this. The player can activate it whenever they want. Yes. It's, it lasts, it's not constant. No. it la- Okay. Uh, I don't know. I didn't get the details there. Okay. It lasts five hours, though. Shut up. Yes. Five hours? Five hours. That's so good. And I, they get to use it in games and in practice. So I guess it got cleared by whoever needed to clear it. Wow. And, yeah, well, that's where we are now. This is brilliant, by the way. It's brilliant for a lot of reasons. So back in the old days when they wouldn't let guys drink water, which was stupid, obviously. But one of the other things that football coaches had to learn over the years is sometimes in break situations, letting them take their helmets off is a good thing because it lets the heat escape. Oh, yeah. So now, but like you're saying, during games, and this is an LSU, um, the LSU team looking at it, but when you are in those hot situations, heck, most of the country in college football deals with this but as you're going through a game the idea that they could cool themselves without taking their helmet off that's incredible and now what now they have the you know a water bottle because you can't take your helmet off because there's a penalty for it yeah in college and pro football but now if you could come out there quick little time out you're handing me a bottle anyway but then i can maybe i turn it on or maybe like you said maybe it's going the whole time but it's not getting in the way of the game at all and i'm getting my and that temperature the temperature of my head and therefore i'm assuming maybe it can affect my core temperature at the same time that's incredible yeah i mean that's where you feel the heat first when it's hot 100 degrees you got that visor on and stuff that man you feel it straight to the dome and you sweating bricks to have something like this is very impressive and really incredible. I feel like the University of Texas is going to get next in line to get something like this. And now, Chad, when you talk to these guys on Friday before game day, these coaches are going to have to say, hey, fellas, make sure your helmets are charged. 
Yeah, you're right. I was was going to ask, is that just done on a simple battery charge? Now, you got people with the equipment and stuff that probably take care of it. And I know there's guys that are going to forget, most likely, to where they have spares. But just in case that these guys have their own responsibilities, yeah, coach is going to have to let these guys know, charge your helmet because it's going to be a hot one tomorrow and we're going to need everybody locked in. That's why I'm interested to see how does this all play into these incredible locker rooms that we're seeing now. LSU was the one a couple years ago that had those incredible. Remember the chairs that laid flat? They had the the each individual locker. They have a chair that can completely lay flat if they want to take a nap or whatever. Mm-hmm. Texas has the you know the big glow locker rooms, and then Texas was one of the first ones that had the um, that that ventilation system where you'd put your pads in or whatever, and it helps to ventilate so it doesn't get all stinky and nasty. Right. But now you're just maybe adding this part of it, like you said, where instead of in the cold when they're putting their helmets up over that heater thing, maybe there's just going to be something where they can throw, and maybe even during the game, when I come off the field, can I charge my helmet to make that five (laughs) hours go even farther if I need to? You would think. Like at halftime, I get to charge my helmet up. Oh, dude, that's so cool. Yeah. Pardon the pun. I mean, that's incredible, though. Um, what a great idea. Oh, genius. That's good stuff. The helmet development and technology is great. I know us, some of us old heads get mad because the helmets aren't perfectly smooth on each side anymore. I've talked to older fans that'll get mad at that. Well, it, uh, looks, yeah. it looks like a space helmet. It doesn't look like, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. It doesn't look like the helmet. Uh, after safety. It oh, no, we didn't need that back in our day. If it's good enough for Bob Greasy. All right. All right. Fair enough. I get it. It's not Roger Staubach's helmet in terms of that. Uh, or even Tom Brady, right, in her Joe Montana in the early days. But that's fantastic. I love seeing stuff like that where the fact that they can now put a chip on a guy, put something on him to measure speed, uh, but also the exertion to know when they're exerting more. Yeah, that's why those guys be wearing those sports bras. And they can do <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought. Yeah, they have all kinds of cool stuff to be able to to help them out and measure different things, but in this case, maybe you get to, to cool them down there. So, yeah, if you're a trainer or team doctor, that's got to be a huge help. Yeah. Oh, when we go to Bama, that 20-point win that a lot of us been thinking about just for this, 30. Wait, what did you just say? 30. I'm calling it. 30 what? 30 piece on saving and them. 30 what? Yeah, man, because we hydrated. We good. We ain't going to be breaking a sweat. Dude. We ain't going to be worried about stuff like that. Yeah, man, we good. Dude, you good. Dude, you'd sign right now for 12 to 11. <laughs> Start down by 30 points. Why don't you stop it? Yo, man. We're going to T-Town, and we're beating Bama by 30. Calm see, down. You see that wide receiver room that Chris Jackson working with? We ain't playing this year. I didn't say they were playing. We ain't playing. It's June 1st. Everybody back. A.D. Mitchell, y'all saw them one-handed snags. Are you Let's un- get it. Are you Quinn un- yours, clean cut. Let's get it. Are you under the impression that Alabama is playing in 2023? And? Who they quarterback? <laughs> that little short fella over there in Carolina, in Charlotte, oh, living good. Careful. You know what I'm saying? Be careful. <laughs> Be careful setting yourself up like that. Walk into T-Town with a little attitude in September? Come on, man. Yo. Think about all the times you walked in to one of those hostile environments mm-hmm. and you were sweating bullets and it's hot as hell. 
Now you know we cramping up. You know we have no proof that Texas gets this this season, right? Why wouldn't they? Uh, because I don't know if there's time to do it. Which, this is the University of Texas. We make time. Okay, I just don't know. We make time. Maybe around College Station, y'all. You know, maybe y'all worried about the chronic instead you, of worrying about helmets. Okay, you do not need to make this about College <laughs> Station and pot. This is about the helmets at LSU, and I don't know. Maybe they have proprietary stuff, and nobody else gets it. What if, what if LSU is the only team in the Power Five that can cool their helmets this year? We got to deal with Nike, too. We know people, too. It's the University of Texas. You ain't going to miss me with that BS. That's not Nike, though. Is it a deal? Is it a Rydell thing? Who does it? Who, who's, who is the technology? That's, Very true. I don't know. That, that is true. But I'm sure there's some connections in LSU around here in Texas that are about the same where they could get some air edition helmets. There are two kinds of players that I want to hear from in terms of practice, and that, offensive and defensive linemen. I mean, seriously. Can you yeah. imagine? Let, go, let's, let's go find out from the Kelvin Banks of the world. Go through a full padded practice, contact, full padded contact practice, and then let them talk to you about what it felt like. Oh, that could be game-changing type of stuff. Yeah. That's incredible uh, if it works. So, yeah, go check that out. I just retweeted the video. Zay is at ain't that underscore Zay. He threw it out there. I'm at C. Hastings 104.9. LSU players putting on an <laughs> air-conditioned helmet and reacting to it. Captain K, man on the Specs text line, said, and I sincerely mean this, I'd rather have AC on my crotch area. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole other thing, too. <laughs> Maybe they need to think about that. Maybe they need to think about that. By the way, before this hour ends, a two incredible texts that we got. Earlier we were discussing altitude in Denver. One text says, I went to Mexico City recently. I had to go up four flights of stairs to my Airbnb. Needless to say, I was gassed every time for about a week. Yeah. But the other text is text of the day. This text says, Kobe still had energy after the game. Oh, man. That's well done. That is well done. Now, for the record, how dare you, but that's well done. Come on. Y'all saw that big-ass ring he bought Vanessa. Well played. He right his wrongs. We're not going over that full history, (laughs) but well played. Well played. All right, coming up, your 2 o'clock hour. Let's start it with the album movie swap discussion. Led Zeppelin 4 and Above the Rim. Oh, goodness, we got some discussing to do on both of them. Stay with us. This is The Horn.